Champions, guys. Thank you for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast, where we talk all about them Pittsburgh Pirates and that. Today's November 28th. Yoshi's back. And some coaching changes. It wasn't a boring week after all. But we're going to get into today, we're going to get into some Arizona Fall League stats to see how those young bucks did. We said we would do this at the end of the year, at the end of their little season. So we're going to get into that today. The hot stove is on fire right now. Like today, like uh, yesterday, today, Friday even. Absolute craziness. Uh, The current CBA is about to expire. Owners are about to lock out the players and freeze transactions. So teams are in a hurry, it feels like. So buckle up. We're in for some moves the next couple days. I hope you guys had a good Thanksgiving. Jake, what's up? Hey, how are you doing, man? Uh, yeah, it, it was a busy week on you know in the home front, Thanksgiving and that. Uh, the wife and I do the whole Black Friday shopping. It's a good time. Uh, get out of bed at 4 a.m., head out around 4.30. <laughs> uh, usually we get back a little earlier. We usually get out and get back quick. Uh, this year with her not having to work, we didn't get back to the house till about 2 PM at lunch and all that. I think we picked up a pizza on the way home, but you know, we had a good time. Good, good start to our, uh, Christmas shopping for the year. It's, I don't know. We don't have kids, so we just, we, we buy for everybody and it's just something we enjoy doing. Um, you guys have done the black Friday thing like for a long time. Yeah. We've done for a while now. I think we're we've been married for nine years. I think we've done it for seven of those years. Okay, we've gone Black Friday shopping, but um, well, I kind of yeah. wish the uh, I kind of wish the Bucks would do a little Black Friday shopping. <laughs> it would be nice, but you, I mean that. How, what what were you gonna say? I mean, but how much are we really gonna do while we're waiting for our young guys to come up? You know, I mean, the thing is, is some one year deals. Well, and that's it, though. There's guys out there to do one year deals on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, like I said in the opening, we signed Yoshi. We'll get into that here in a minute. But that's not a, that's not the same thing. That's another no. one year. That's another one year low dollar signing to see if a guy can prove himself so that we can then deal him at the deadline. Like that's literally what it is. Mm-hmm. And I really just think like, that's not the kind of guy that you, I feel like the pirates could go get right. Go right. get a guy. Yeah. Do you not? I'm, yeah. I'm, first I'm base. Yeah. First base and corner outfield. We're not blocking anybody. No. Now I understand there are other positions where you're like, yeah, you don't really want to make a move here. I think if the right player's there, you do, and then you just deal with it. But I get it. You don't want to make a move because you, maybe you don't want to block a guy or you want to see what you have or, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. we're going to get into some players uh, as we as we go through here. The Fall League, we had some players there that we're going to talk about are close. Or even if they're not close, I mean, Nick Gonzalez, you're not going to go sign a second baseman for a five-year deal right now. No, no way. You know what I mean? And so I get that, but I just think, dude, outside of third base and one outfield position, you can sign somebody anywhere. And catcher. But 
Yeah. But the hot stove's heating up right now, man. Yeah, it's either it's going crazy, man. It, you it's got just been, I can't I couldn't even hardly keep up with it. No, no. Adam Frazier, you know, for, former Bucko. Adam Frazier traded to the Mariners from the Padres. Hopefully they appreciate him. That was the text I sent you. Hopefully the Mariners appreciate right. him. I feel like he was a little undervalued in San Diego. Yeah. Um, and Starling Marte also found a, a deal. Four years, $78 million. Good for him. Yeah. And, like, I just feel like he's not – he's still super fast. He's still playing at a very high level. The dude's mm-hmm. not showing any signs of really, like, an age dip as far as I can see. Yeah, and that's what a lot of people are saying. This four-year deal that he just signed, and you know, how many of those years is he going to play center field? Like, who I cares? Think he's going to play center field all four years. Like, even if he doesn't, he played a great left field in Pittsburgh. Yeah, who cares? Right. He's still gonna. He's still gonna be good. Uh, Mets also added Eduardo Escobar um, and Mark Canna too. Both of those two-year deals. So the Mets are making some moves there. They're in on some other people too. Um. Corey Kluber to the Rays. Uh, Avisail Garcia to the Marlins. Notice those two, right? Yeah. Uh, and that was a four-year, $53 million deal. That's decent money. Mm-hmm. Rangers in on Marcus Simeon. The Rangers won 102 games last year. And they just got the guy who was number three in the MVP race on a seven-year $175 million deal. Yes, I know. They're in Dallas. <laughs> Point is, they lost 102. They went out and said, we're going to make our team better. Yeah. They also signed Cole Calhoun. Uh, the big one here <laughs> being, well, there's actually two, because I, I skipped over one. The Twins today extended Byron Buxton seven years, $100 million. Now, this one's kind of a big thing, because, you know, if you if you pay attention to the rest of the league, Byron Buxton... Hasn't been healthy every year, mm-hmm. but he just hit over 300 with like, well, I think 19 home runs or something. Finally showed. And he's super fast. Super fast and a great defender. Yeah. And his um, his incentives on this deal are <laughs> out the wazoo. <laughs> if he wins MVP, <laughs> he gets an extra $8 million. If he's wow. runner up, he gets an extra six million. If he gets third place in the MVP, he gets an extra four. Mi- like there's a lot of them, and he yeah. certainly has that pedigree. Yeah, but I as, think as if he can just stay healthy. But I think this is a really good. I think now, unless unless the CBA goes one direction that wouldn't allow for stuff like this, I think this is a good sign to say maybe more of this type of deal. A hundred million isn't a huge seven years, hundred million. Right. That's not a huge investment into a player that you think has the capability of being really, really good. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So to say we'll give you that kind of money is if he doesn't do well, we're not forking over a ton of money. I mean, now certainly it's gonna hurt if he doesn't yeah. do well. But I think you know, you're not signing to a seven year deal if you don't think he will. But will he be right. an MVP kind of guy? Well, I'm not going to give you that contract thinking that you will. But if you get there, I'll pay you. Right. If his camp comes into the negotiation saying, we think we're going to win an MVP, then they say, okay, if you do, I'll pay you for it. Right. I think that's a, I think that's a fair move. And I, I would love to see more incentive-based contracts. 
for two reasons. One reason being there's a little a little bit less less risk involved. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit. So the owners are happy with that. But the other reason, and more importantly for me, who I'm a fan of the players, right? Um, right. I've always, uh, I've been pretty clear about that. They get paid when they perform as yeah. they should. If as you win should. an MVP that year, there's going to be other things. There's going to be more people at this, at the stadium. There's going to be mm-hmm. more jerseys bought, things like that. And the players Absolutely. should get a piece of that if they're performing. Yeah. And I, th- I think that's, I think that's a huge, that's, that's a, that's, I think it's a big part of it. I think you perform, you get paid, you don't perform. You get your guaranteed money. Yeah. But you're not getting that extra yeah, and extra there's, boost on your salary. It's exactly. And there's and there's risk involved, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Here we are in Pittsburgh. We don't know we, we don't know what it looks like to have an owner take a risk. Right. Outside of the Chris Archer risk. And then what does that do to the fan base when we say, Well, we tried once and it was really bad. <laughs> so we just not gonna try again? No. You're going to, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're going to miss on some, but like we, and that was, that's different. That wasn't a free agent signing. Right. You know, that was trading away big pieces for a guy who had the potential to be a big piece. The problem is, is it was also like, yeah, he's struggling there, but he'll be great here. He wasn't great. And we brought him in. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. He was great two years before we brought him in mm-hmm. or something like that. But anyway, the other one is Wander Franco in Tampa signing an 11-year extension worth $185 million. Once again, options and incentives involved could get him up over $220 million. And, guys, I just said Tampa Bay. Yeah, it's that's huge for Tampa Bay. Like, Yeah, and it's huge the for the that rest... Yeah, go ahead with that thought because I think I know that, where you're going. That's the team that all these other small market teams look at and say, hey, they're not spending money either, and they're in the playoffs almost every year in that division. Yeah. So my one knock on the argument as a whole would be they did this with Evan Longoria too. They signed him to a $100 million contract. And then as soon as it got expensive, they traded him to the Giants. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's true. So there is a little bit of that where everybody says, well, yeah, they signed him to an 11-year extension, but realize they're only going to keep him for five or six of those years, and then it's gonna they're going to say, yeah, we can't do this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then they're going to ship him out for a bunch of prospects after he's won an MVP or two yeah. kind of a thing. You know what I mean? And then, uh, yeah, and that may happen. Still, but the point is, is they, they signed the deal and there is no, like, there's no impending TV deal. There's no, that team, I I, I don't remember. I haven't, I didn't, I should have looked this up because I thought about this before. I'm pretty sure that our average attendance is around or, or better than theirs. You know what I mean? Yeah. If that's the case, like, you know what I mean? Like. The same it's, money, the same money is there that's here, and I, and I've read enough to know that I don't know that attendance has a whole lot to do with your actual payroll anyway. Yeah, 
You know what I mean? We've got money coming in from shared revenue that's, that already exists that we could be spending on the major league roster. Now, obviously, I don't know those books. We, for those of you who didn't listen last week, we had Ethan on. He probably does know a lot more <laughs> about those numbers. Um, but, I, you know, it. there has to, when your payroll is that low, there has to be money available. So, yeah. we've got a couple days where after these couple days, there will be a lockout, and that's okay. They're just going to be negotiating. But mm-hmm. on top of that, there's also a, a transaction freeze, which right. is why a lot of teams are hurrying up to get some of these deals done because then it's like, oh, we came to an agreement, it's spring training time, and time to figure out who's playing for you. Right. right? So there's a lot to figure out. I really hope that we're not one of those teams that says, let's see what the agreement is before we make a move. Dude, Reynolds, it needs to be told to us this week in my opinion, that Reynolds has an extension. Yeah. If not, if not, it needs to be something about like, hey, we're, we've been talking and we're close. Like at this point, get it done. Mm-hmm. We're looking at money around the league. I, As good as Byron Buxton is as a talent, right now, you're, Reynolds is just as good or better. Yeah, I mean, he's... He's on the field, too. Talent, well, that's the thing. Talent-wise, I mean, as far as, like, actual athleticism and talent, like, Byron Buxton is top echelon. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, the tools that that guy has. But, I mean, Reynolds is, is like, a very safe bet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you already know what you're going to get. He's shown it to you. And it's not going to be flashy. And it's not going to be, he's not, he's not going to be in your face about it. I think that's why we like him so much. He's going to clock in, clock out, and he's going to do his job. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. It's the kind of guy we like. Anyway, I wouldn't mind having some (laughs) flashy studies. (laughs) Right. You know what I mean? Like that. I mean, I wouldn't be (laughs) so mad about that if he helps you win games. Right. Uh, And I guess I'm, talking about like a wander franco you know what i mean mm-hmm. I, i'd take wander franco <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah anyway i just don't know how much is going to happen in the next couple days in our world there sure. will be a lot of signings you know what i mean kevin gosman yeah. is close and yeah, he'll have a team before then yeah and then he who knows who's going to show Blue up Jays and coming back to the giants yeah and who knows who's going to show up in Javi Baez, Corey Seager, Carlos Correa, you know what I mean? Like that whole group of shortstops and then Trevor Story. Trevor Story's still out there. So like there's other guys too. These get I mean I don't know why. I, I really don't know why, but I hope Trevor Story ends up at the Angels. Yeah? I don't know why. I just it just to me it sounds like a good fit. I feel it like the Angels like maybe fit. need to chill and just get pitching. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Yeah. But anyway, Noah Syndergaard, right? Mm-hmm. That'll do it. Um, I, mean, I mean, it could be a big part. I mean, if he could. It could be. Because he said, I'm healthy. I'm ready to get back at it. There is no such thing as a bad one-year deal. Yes, yeah. there's money going out, but you're only committed for one year. There's no such thing. 
Speaking right. of, let's get started. <laughs> 17 minutes in. Let's get started with the Pirates specifically here. Yoshi Tsutsugo, one year, $4 million. This is our big splash of the off. Yeah, this is our big splash so far. $4 million. And is it really our big splash, though? I mean, I know you, I know you say so far. But so far, this is it. What else is there? I mean, nothing. I mean, I, I, I guess what, you know, when you say so far, I guess you're right. But I don't think it's a surprise. Like, I don't think it's, I kind of saw it coming. Well, they, they were going to try. Yeah, you knew they were going to try. You didn't know what it was going to be. I'm glad it's $4 million. I'm glad that it's shows, one year. That show, well, yeah, absolutely glad it's one year. But to <laughs> me, it was like, because you heard a lot of people pining, like, we need to bring him back. We need to bring, and I'm sitting over here going, gosh, just don't give him a glove. Just take his glove away from him. Mm-hmm. He can play for us if we get the DH. Yeah. But I'm a little bit harsh on that. And I, I, I know I brought up last week, said we're not talking about Yoshi. Well, now we are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sold on Yoshi in general. I don't think that what we saw in those 43 games in Pittsburgh is what you're going to get from him. Now, you can never predict baseball. He might be better than that next year, right? You right. just don't know. But I, I, I just don't see it. And I don't, I know that there was the history with like, oh, but he hit a bunch of home runs in Japan. And it's like, yeah, but like other guys have done this too and haven't really been like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's not, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen here. Yeah, it doesn't always translate. And I just think that we've seen more of him not being like that than we have of him being like that. Yeah. And I I don't see things like I don't see okay, so if you were to tell me Byron Buxton's gonna make it happen though, you know what I mean? Then mm-hmm. I could say, Yeah, I can see that. Because the athleticism is there. The pedigree is there, the tools are there. And with Yoshi, I'm like, yeah, he's done it statistically before and I get that. But like he doesn't look like the guy. Like I haven't said like what an athlete. I, right. you, you'd have a decent when you if you want to argue to me that Cole Tucker is going to figure it out at some point I think you'd have more of an argument yeah he's shown that you can put him in different positions and while it wasn't perfect right out of the gate he put forth the effort and he was actually uh, you know pretty decent he made some plays at the at the last week of the season at second base where I was like hey I feel like he could handle that mm-hmm. as a you know to make those type of plays. Yeah. You could you could convince me not to give up on Cole Tucker because the athleticism is there. Yeah. And I just I just I just don't see it. I think he's got power, that's it. So hopefully the power shows up. Yeah. Outside of that, but here's the thing. So I, I know cuz I cuz I, I kind of went down there, but here's the thing. I don't disagree with this signing. Because of what I said about Syndergaard. There's no such thing as a one ba- one year a bad one-year deal. Also, the fact that he signed for $4 million yeah. tells me that he's right in line with the way I feel about him. Yeah. $4 million? Yeah. Now I'm okay with it. 
You know what I'm yeah, saying? There's, there's very, very little. There's no risk. No. There's no risk in that. Absolutely zero risk. And that's where I'm kind of like, well, now I, I'm on board. It, I'm not bothered yeah. by this at all. I think this no. is a decent one-year signing. If he works out, he works out. If, if he's so bad that we cut him and pay him $4 million, that's fine too. Right. That's the problem with maybe thinking about money too much is like $4 million sounds a lot of, sounds like a lot of money to me, but like the money that MLB makes, this is not a lot of money. Right. And maybe what a three-year veteran, veteran in quotations, but maybe what a three-year player should be making right now instead of 500, 600,000. Yeah. You know what I mean? These guys are productive in their first five years in the show, and they're just making five $5 million in their fifth year, well into their prime anymore. Mm-hmm. So CBA, we can work on getting that right. Yeah. And that's right. one of the things the players are going for is they want better compensation earlier in their careers. That's where they're highly valued. Right. And I have no problem with that. I think that's, I think that's extremely important. The difference in guys at 35 and guys at 25 – in pay is unreal compared to the difference in production. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We're paying these guys at 35, 25 million dollars they're worth less than the guys they're paying a million to at 25. Mhm. It's it's flip-flopped. We're paying we're that we're paying them for what they've done, not what they're going to do this season. Right. And maybe that's why I'm saying like maybe we need to do more incentive-based stuff. Yeah, I think I think an incentive-based uh, pay 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 scale pay whatever you want to call it. I, I think that would be a very good direction for the players if they do go to some sort of salary cap type deal where it's shared revenue. I would imagine the only way to do this is to funnel everything to say MLB makes all the TV deal money. And then that fixes the, the all the blackouts on MLB, right? You could just actually watch Major League Baseball whenever, wherever you're at, whenever you're there. You know what I mean? I don't right. care if I live in Pittsburgh. If I want to stream it, I can. Mm-hmm. But because all the money funnels to the to the MLB, and then they work out the deals. If that was the case, if you win MVP, do you get ten million dollars? Yeah. I mean, maybe that's. I don't know if those numbers are right. You know what I'm saying? But like, yeah. let's let's no, give money for people yeah. for guys who are winning awards. Mm-hmm. Let's pay them handsomely. <laughs> yeah, may you know? I obviously that kind of stuff is not going to happen. They're not gonna. They're not going to take that out of the owners. You know what I mean? Like MLB's like right. we're not paying these guys. It's up to the teams to pay them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But. Probably a pipe dream. I didn't think about that until right now. So that don't, you know, don't go quoting me on this saying this guy's an idiot. <laughs> Can't believe he'd think of that. Dude, I'm literally like, we're just having conversation and it just popped in my head. So we're not going to the, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yoshi better not play right field. I don't care how much money he's making. He better not play right field. Now, if Please he goes no. into right field in a game because we're making some kind of double switch and he has to, and it's either him or Colin Moran. Okay, fine. But he yeah. better not be starting in right field with a guy available on the bench. Right. Like, it just shouldn't happen. It's awful. That is yeah, not, it's, that's not an option to me. He's DH no. or first base. And first base, I'm going to be like, yeah, okay, he's on. He's at first today. Mm-hmm. He better hit a homer. 
But I mean, it, the thing is, is like it's not like it's not like he's replacing a Gold Glove first baseman either. Right. So I, it is what it is. Catch the balls that they throw to you, and catch some of the ones they hit to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not asking you to lay out and make this diving play down the line to save a double. You know what I mean? Just yeah. If you're hitting and you can field the ground balls that come to you and scoop up a throw every once in a while, you can figure it out. So while we're on the uh, transaction spiel here, uh, what, what about Stallings? I, I seen I read something on on uh, it popped up on my Google homepage that, that there's a possibility that we're shopping Stallings around. How how do you feel about? That? I saw that too. I don't know if there's um, I don't know if that's just somebody from national media saying Pirates will probably trade anyone, or if there's yeah. actual legitimacy to that. Probably the same thing about Reynolds. Somebody called, and he's like, well, what are you offering? He didn't just hang up the phone. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, you'd be crazy to hang up the phone. Absolutely. We've talked Am about I that. Yeah. yeah. You ha- you have to listen about everyone. Yeah. Doesn't mean that you're trying to trade anyone. But right. if somebody's going to come in and say, like, I'll give you this and this, I'd be like, really? Uh, yeah, but- let's go ahead and do that. <laughs> <laughs> if Just but imagine thing, somebody like- calls and says, I'll send you... I mean, I don't know. I'm I, drawing a blank right now. I'll send you, shoot, Paul Goldschmidt for Jacob Stallings. I might do yeah, that. I mean, <laughs> you better do that. Well, I mean, but with, with the Goldschmidt comes some money. Right. And he's aging. So there yeah. is some, like, that's a reasonable, I mean, it's not reasonable. I don't think the Cardinals would ever do that. No. But just imagine, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and here's here's the thing. Do we, Henry Davis is... He's not ready. Well, uh, no. he's what, two years probably. Um, so right now we have Stallings that's going to be there until Henry Davis is ready, or yeah. or we could trade Stallings now while he's coming off one of his best years. His not one of his best year of his career. Yeah, you know, at his most valuable point in his career to get what we can get or. You keep him and use him. How high of a tier prospect are you going to get for Stallings, even though he's at his peak value? Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be, no. You're not getting a lot at the plate, but you're getting one of the best defensive catchers in the game right now. I I still don't think you're, you're still not, that's not somebody that's, right now, teams don't trade big prospects for really great players. Right. So you're not getting anybody. You're getting low minors guys with a chance. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I, I to me, I don't see a point in it, and I'm not super high on Stallings. I like him a lot as a yeah. as a fan. I like him a lot. The defensive metrics are there. If I had a really good offense, I'd love to have him as my catcher. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things where, like, well, the Pirates were last in scoring. We got to figure out how to score runs. So where do you trade that? I, I'd much rather say he's a fine catcher. Leave him there. Let's get better other places. Yeah. Apparently, they're just saying, we'll wait till our young guys grow up to get better. It's what it feels like. Even though Sherrington says, we're going to get better, he follows that up with his thing by saying, most of that get better is internal. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I just don't see how you can be better in 2022 all internal. Not going to happen. Right. 
that that's the thing where I'm saying it, there has to be something. There's there's free agents available. Yeah. Go get one or two of them who show offensive upside who will give you even if they only give you four or five months, you know what I mean? I guess well yeah. April, May, June, July. So four months, right? And then they're gone. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Just go get that guy and yeah. give us four months that maybe we can be better. We can't we can't go back in. Now, there's talent there. Keep tell me right now that Key Brian Hayes without the injury isn't worth an extra two wins. Oh yeah. We're under a hundred losses, right? Mm-hmm. If he just plays all year and gives us two wins. Now, granted, that doesn't really say like he has to be worth two wins more than the guys who played there. But you could say the same about Colin Moran. You could say, you know what I mean? So, like, yes, we had some guys there who did not have good years again. Mm-hmm. How many times do you depend on those a couple guys before you say, you know what, maybe maybe we should just, you know. I think Ben Gamble's fine. But yeah. if we signed a couple guys that made Ben Gamble our fourth outfielder, well, that's okay, too. Right. Yeah. You don't owe him anything. No. You can still be better, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I that I I think that there's still an opportunity to make a move or two. I'm not asking them to go compete for the pennant, right? Because I know that those guys aren't available for you to go get and then compete for the pennant. Like I know that, mm-hmm. especially with our pitching staff. Like who are you gonna get? You know what I mean? But at the same time, I think that there are moves that you could make that would make this team better. You got to improve yeah. by what? How many? Because the other thing is, is you bring up some of these young outfielders, like I started to say earlier. You bring up some of these, you don't want to bring them up to just losing. Right. You want them to have a shot when they're there. Well, I think, I think we, we missed out. I, I, Corey Kluber signed for $8 million, one year, $8 million. Yeah. We could have done that. Well, we, yeah. I mean, look who did it. Right. The race. You know, I, I just. Even though that doesn't carry any weight now because they just signed somebody to a 185. Dude, I'm just telling you, there are other teams in the league uh, like us, like Cleveland, just right over there, mm-hmm. who's never given anyone a contract more than $60 million. And then we say things like, and I, and I'm, I mean, I'm like, I'm saying things like, but there are other people out there who know more than me who are saying things like, now the Pirates can't hide behind the Rays and say, right. well, they do it. So technically, it was years ago when they gave Evan Longoria $100 million. We'd never, Jason Kendall is the most money we've ever given anyone. Guaranteed, right? Right out of the gate. Right. We signed a six-year, $60 million contract. And Cleveland was a three-year, $60 million contract to Edwin Encarnacion. So at least they gave more AAV on theirs, but it was also way more recent, right? But the point is, yeah. is the most we've ever committed to somebody, because like the Marte and the and the Polanco and the McCutcheon deals, those were all extensions with option years that could have gotten either close to or above the $60 million. But none of them ever made it that far. 
to actually get it, right? No. So there's no reason why we couldn't have a guy sign for it doesn't have to it doesn't even have to be a hundred like I'm not asking you to go sign somebody for a hundred million. There's no reason why Brian Reynolds can't get seventy five million. No. None. I mean, there's no reason. I know that's that not that a free happen. agent. I know that's not a free agent, but but there's also no reason he can't make a hundred million. I think there's a little bit of reason for that. Just a little bit. I don't think that because I think it would take too many years. It would take too many years that I don't know that he would be willing to give. You know what I mean? I mean, do you think he's worth a seven year, one hundred million dollar extension? Like the Buxton deal? Well, worth. yeah, I mean I think so. Worth. I don't I don't know that he'll go as far as seven, but if those are options to get him there, if you get him if you get him like, you know, six seventy five with an option for that twenty five in that last year, then yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I didn't I'm not looking at those numbers. I just I think that you should be able to get him I think you should be able to get him there. Mm-hmm. Eventually. But yeah. either way. Um I, I just think too, one year deals, dude, you you have the cap room or the budget room or whatever. You have to. You have to have availability to spend more than twenty six million dollars or forty six million dollars, whatever it ends up being. You have to have that. Yeah. Give a guy twenty million for one year because you can. Yeah. And then you're just gonna deal him. It's only gonna be prorated. You won't even have to pay the whole thing. <laughs> Unless he stinks, then you do. Yeah. But I just think, you know, there's guys out there who are still looking to prove themselves who want to get paid more. Over even if you overpay for him, it's yeah. fine. It's a one year deal. And right now, you have it because you're not paying for anyone else. Once all these guys start to get money, yeah, I I understand what you're saying. I don't want to commit to too many guys because then eventually they all grow up and I'm paying $250 million. I get that. I mean, that's a high number that we'll never get to, but you know (laughs) what I mean. Yeah. Like, I get what you're saying when you if you want to go down that road, but a one-year deal will never get you there. You're never committed to more than one year. You have the money right now to spend on a one-year deal overpay for a guy to get him to come here if that's what it takes. But I don't know. Some of the, some of the guys like Corey Kluber, I think about that. I said these things about McCutcheon. Wouldn't it be nice to just pitch for a team like, you know, if Kluber was to come here, pitch for a team where you play at a pitcher-friendly ballpark for the most part? Yeah. Pitch for them for 4 months and then go to a team who you know has a shot. You know what I mean? Rather yeah. than taking a flyer on a team right now who you think will be in the mix. You know who's in the mix. You know who's going to be going after you. I would rather do that. Yeah. I if mean, I'm, I'm signing, I'm, if I'm Corey Kluber and I'm signing a one-year deal, I could go to the Rays, who have a pretty good shot of being good, right? They have a pretty good shot of being there, <laughs> without question. But if the Yankees actually play to their payroll... And ability, mm-hmm. and they shut you down, and the Blue Jays aren't going anywhere. If the Red Sox play well too, that division could go any direction. You could end up in fourth place and still have a decent year. You know what I mean? Yeah. But who knows? Maybe you find another team who's like, hey, we really want him, and they're in first place. You know what I mean? Trying to get better. 
and you have a much better shot of of being in the postseason. You know that's what Kluber wants right now. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You get to this point in your career, you want rings. So I said the same thing about McCutcheon. He could sign with somebody right now, or he could go prove himself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He had a, he had an option declined. He obviously has something to prove, and you know he wants people to want to pick that that option up. So he could go out and still prove something. Yeah. What better place to do it than a place that you're comfortable in, a place that you can go home, and then get traded to a team who actually needs you. A little easier to say for a position player because there are teams who don't need you right now. Actually, it could be the same right. for pitching. They don't need you right now, but injuries happen. They might need you. To look at Atlanta. They had a brand new outfield, and they ended up, you know, four guys getting rings who were on teams that were not. Yeah, you know what I mean. What about a what about a guy? I brought up the. Uh, that's all, folks. Um, <laughs> I, I just brought up the free agent list, and I was just looking through some of these pitchers that are. What about a guy like James Paxton? Just pay him. I mean, yeah, these guys that are that are he's older. He's thirty three years old. Uh, he's only thirty three. Yeah. yeah, he's only thirty three years old. Yeah, absolutely, left hander. Yeah, I mean, he's we'll, been we'll good see. in the past. He may even be able to help some of the guys that are already there too. You know yeah, I, mean? I struggle I just, to. I struggle to really see. I, I've said this before. I'm not great at. I can look at numbers on a piece of paper and tell you this guy's doing well or not. Mm-hmm. But for me to say the numbers aren't there, but it, when I watch him pitch, I think he's really good. That doesn't happen very often for me because I didn't pitch. So I just, there's things I don't know. So. Mm-hmm. For me, it's hard for me to say, like, yeah, but there's guys there right now who – who's he going to help out? Like, those guys aren't part of anything. No, but – That's that's how I – but maybe know, I'm wrong in that, right? Maybe I'm may, wrong in that. When I when I, when I think is things like that, when I – especially pitchers, when I think maybe he can help somebody out, maybe that it could be in spring training. Yeah, that's true. He comes into spring training, and maybe he shows Contreras, Renzi Contreras, hey – if you tried holding a grip like this, better not be messing tried... with Ronzi Contreras's grip right now. <laughs> I'm just saying. Maybe if, Will Crow. I don't maybe know. Maybe Bryce I don't Wilson. Know. <laughs> no, I don't know if Contreras has a changeup. Yeah, maybe Contreras that's his... doesn't have a very good change. You know he has a good changeup. Yes, I know he has a good changeup. That's but I'm like just saying, in general. Okay, I got you. Any though. of our prospects that maybe they don't have a good two seam, or maybe they don't have a good changeup. I get you. You know. They could completely change their game if they picked up one pitch because we brought in a guy who has a good pitch and can show them. It's not like coaching them. Hey, have you tried this? Yeah. This turned into a, another frustrated podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> we just we just went off on a tangent on wanting the Pirates. They, they say they're going to get better at the major league level. There's an easy path to get better at the major league level. We're frustrated that it's not happening. Just go get a player and get better for one year while your guys are developing. You're mm-hmm. not halting anyone. And that's what this has turned into. And now we have us, we're going down the thing of looking at free agent lists again. So I'm going to uh, pull us together here. We do have some things we want to get into, and we're pretty deep already. <laughs> <laughs> so... Oops, yep, and this is what we do, right? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we, there's some other changes. Got a new hitting coach. Um, and then, uh, let's see, Andy Haynes has been hired as the hitting coach. He was with the Brewers. Uh, yeah, uh, You know what? To be honest with you, I'm just not going into it, right? Yeah, it's not that big of a deal. No, maybe there's there's a philosophy thing. Okay, Shelton was a hitting coach before. If he doesn't agree with your hitting coach and he know that he used to be a hitting coach and, and a successful hitting coach and you don't agree with your hitting coach, like that's not going to work. Right. So go get a guy that you agree with and then whether or not he had success somewhere else, I think at this point is irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Right. If 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 he agrees with the philosophy and the things that Derek Shelton agrees with and they're on the same page, then to me, that makes a lot of sense to just make that happen. You know what I mean? I yeah. just don't think that what they've done in the past really has a, a, a real heavy weight on this unless they've got like an awful. OK, he was the Brewers hitting coach. They won 95 games. I'm not going to dig into the numbers that much. We don't strike out very much. They struck out, but like, is that that's that's also who they are, right? They also hit a lot more home runs than we did, so they're not going to yeah. change the players that you have on the team, though. They were a ninety-five right. win team, right? We were a sixty-one win team. We have different players, so I, you know, I don't want to dig too deep into it. They also got a new field coordinator, uh, Mike Rabello. He was a former assistant hitting coach and a fi- or field coordinator. I'm sorry, he was the field coordinator. He's now the third base coach, so Joey Cora's spot is now Mike Rabello. So hopefully, that's good. I don't know. Yeah. So hopefully, he won't send Moran home too much. <laughs> if Moran started on first, he's not <laughs> scoring unless it was over the fence <laughs> or stuck in the. Actually, if it's stuck in the ivy, he still doesn't. Anyway, Michael Perez was also <laughs> outrighted to AAA, so basically he can accept that or decline it. Or reject it, I guess is the word. If he rejects it, he's a free agent. If he accepts it, then he goes to AAA, which means he gets invited to spring training and gets an opportunity to just get put right back on the 40-man roster if he wins a job. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I would think he would probably accept that, right? Yeah. He'll probably accept that and then go in, and he's got to he feel like... Already, he may have already even had talks with him about this. Yeah, he, he's got to feel like he's got a pretty good chance of making the the job are getting the job given the yeah. fact that there's absolutely zero, like there, there's one catcher right now on the 40. <laughs> there's a shot. <laughs> he makes it. Yeah. So anyway, we said we wanted to get into Arizona fall league stuff. We didn't really talk about it at all during the fall league, except for the fact that we mentioned that Nick Gonzalez was raking, but we did yeah. want to say like when it's all said and done, we'll go over some of the numbers. So here we are. Let's go over some of the numbers. Let's start with Nick Gonzalez. Cause he was awesome. He played in 13 games at second base, three at short. Um, there was only one hitter in the Arizona Fall League with a better on-base percentage. And these numbers are pretty crazy, but remember, that's like 16 games. Uh, actually, 19 games total. Yeah. I don't understand that. Oh, maybe he was DH in a few games, something like that. Um, what do you got? Uh, you got his numbers he there? He could have been put in as a defensive replacement at some point and didn't get that bats. Yeah, but I mean, I'm just saying it says 19 or, games or and it says he paid. Yeah, a pinch hitter. A too. pinch hitter, not, yeah. Yeah. Had it backwards. All right. So what do we got here? Couple homers, 380 average, 483 on base, 549 slugging. 14 strikeouts to 13 walks. That's a good sign. Four stolen bases. The average. Didn't get caught. 
Yeah, that's okay. No, so, so this is interesting too because this is obviously a small sample. We're talking about 87 plate appearances. Sometimes it's hard to look at like batting average and things like that. But that's a good point. Like, how much did he strike out versus how much he walked? Like, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I know that that's been a thing. He, a lot of hitters don't like to walk. So, you know, that's there. Jihuan Bay, for instance, struck out 21 times and walked 13 times. Now, he had some more bats, 108 plate appearances. Also hit a couple homers. 250 average, but a 343 on base. 380 slugging. He's not. This guy's a speed guy. He stole eight bags. Uh, you pretty much knew he was going. He did get caught once, but, you know, very fast. Right. Uh, ten games in center field, ten games at second base. Also noted, he's he was he's a second baseman who's starting to play some outfield this right. year and, and recently because his speed is not, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he did have eight steals. The guy who led the Arizona Fall League had 11 steals. And then Bay was second in steals. So, as if he'll steal when he gets to the major leagues. <laughs> Probably not. Right. They just don't. Oh, it's risky. Okay. <laughs> Let's not do yeah. it. Let's not I'm be not, aggressive not then. Let's not be aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Philosophies. Yep. If you stick to something, I, I, I'm not going to complain much. I, I get it. You, you have a thought process too. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Canyon Smith and Jigba was the other hitter. He played nine games in left, three in right, corner outfield. We know this. And uh, so 18 games. He had 298, 452, uh, 456 slugging. Uh, hit a homer, 18 strikeouts, 15 walks. Like I said, that's why we didn't go into this because there's such small sample sizes. Yeah. The thing is, is coming away from the Arizona Fall League, a lot of people who were there watching the games said Nick Gonzalez was one of the best hitters in Arizona Fall League as far as, yeah. like, actual hitting. Like, just hit tool, talent, not just numbers, but talent, approach, things mm-hmm. like that. Canyon Smith and Jigba was added to the 40-man roster that we talked about, and sending him to Arizona Fall League was a good sign that, you know, they wanted to see stuff, and they, you know... I think he had a good showing. I think he looked good. They liked what they saw. Yeah. He was a good player. Also sent four pitchers to these. Actually, before we go to the pitching, uh, you know, I I went through numbers or whatever. Did you have anything else to add? Anything there? You know what I mean? That I mean, that you saw really. or that you wanted to stick out? I mean, I know you said a couple things, but. Yeah, Smith and Jigba, you know, with him and Gonzalez, in my opinion, this, the the steals without getting caught. Jihuan Bay, you know he's going. He's bound to get caught a few times. He's he's fast. He's expected to be stealing. But you know, I just feel like if you can go when you want to go, uh, just being a smart base runner, being a good base runner, is a big deal because taking an extra bag could win a game. Do you think that that's a big? Do you think that's a big deal right now? I mean, we didn't steal very much. No, we didn't. Like Shelton and, doesn't look like he's is... willing to run a whole lot. Now, granted, it's not like we have. <laughs> that's twofold. It's not like we have a bunch of guys on base, right? And on top of that, it's not like those guys that are on base are lightning speed or anything. So yeah, maybe it's a, a personnel thing. Right now. No, we don't. Yeah, you know, uh, Reynolds took some bags. Yeah. Um, 
Frazier didn't steal a whole lot when he was there. Frazier's not really that fast. He's not as fast as... He's not as I, fast as he plays. I think. For a singles I mean? guy, you would expect more speed out of him. It's yeah. just not there. It's not part of his game. But then you look at some of our other corner, like our other offers, like, Gamble's not that fast. No. He gets the job done, but he's not that fast. Yeah, we just don't have it right now. We don't have the personnel for Brian will steal some more bags. Yeah, but I think as he ages, maybe not, too. I don't know. Maybe just the fact that he's young. Yeah, he's young enough. He'll steal some bags. He stole some more bags later in the season when he was getting healthier again. And then he got... I just just, wonder if that's really all that important in today's game. it's, It's not super important, but... I see what you're saying. It's the just, athleticism just, is they're there. They're smart. The, they're yeah. athletic. They're, they're, I get they're it. fast. Yeah. I, I get what you're saying. I you Two guys out there hitting 300. I mean, I'm counting the 298 is 300. Yeah. But, and more importantly, over 450 on base. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, and even with the 250 batting average, you know, Ji-Hwan was able to get around that 350. Smith and Jigba had less plate appearances than the other two by a significant amount and walked more. So that's a good sign. Yeah. He's he's selective at the plate, mm-hmm. you know. Anyway, uh, go on to the pitching. We sent four guys, Ronzi Contreras, Carmen Majinski, Bear Bellamy, and Michael Burroughs. Uh, of the four, Bear Bellamy I, I, I'm not familiar with. Uh, we talked about Michael yeah. Burroughs and the gaudy numbers he was putting up at the beginning of the year. Carmen Majinski has, uh, I mean, he's been a top prospect and obviously Ronzi Contreras, who we, we have talked about. But they all looked pretty good. Uh, once again, even smaller sample for pitchers. So, uh, you know, the ERAs, Bear Bellamy, 386, Michael Burroughs, 352, Ronzi Contreras, 321. Carmen Majinski, 491. Guys, these are like 15 or less innings. There's not a whole lot to take back. What you really need, if you want to know about these guys, look it up. I, You got to look at what people are saying. The guys that are actually watching them pitch. You know what I mean? Because when you're looking mm-hmm. at small sample, it could be luck. It could be, there's just not enough to look at, right? Yeah. There's not a whole lot there. Ronzi Contreras had 11.6 strikeouts per nine. Let's look at something like that. But then again, when you're talking about 14 innings, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, so he had a good four. I mean, he struck out 18 guys in 14 innings, so it's there. That's good. Yeah. Four walks. Yeah. Throwing strikes. He's commanding his pitches. Swing and misses. But once again, it's, it's the idea that, like, this is a small sample, and this is why we didn't. This is why we didn't go into Arizona Fall League results a whole lot. The point is, yeah. it looks like they had a pretty decent showing. There was a lot of talk about Ronzi Contreras. There was a lot of talk about Nick Gonzalez. Mm-hmm. That's what I'll say, and I think that's the most important thing. The scouts are there watching the guys. They're watching performances. They're watching pitches. They're watching things like that. They're not looking for. I mean, obviously, it's great to have stats to go along with it, and. Obviously, those two guys have the stats to go along with it. But ultimately, Ronzi Contreras faced 55 guys. He did well. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, I mean, that's basically two starts in the major leagues. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Hopefully. Maybe three if, if they're used differently. But 14, 14 innings, you're talking about, you know, a couple seven out, inning outings. You know what I mean? Like, literally, yeah. that's all you're going to. That's all you're talking about. So, 
they did well. Mm-hmm. They did well. Um, other than that, you know what, uh, Jake, you probably see on our notes here, all that stuff's old. <laughs> I just didn't delete it. So it's not like we have a giant list. It, uh, we're wrapping it up here. Um, the next few days, we're hoping, we're crossing our fingers that something happens. There will be a lockout. It's not the end of the world when you hear that. Like, that's expected. Yeah. Okay. The end of the world is if we're still locked out mid January. You know what I'm saying? Like they gotta get they gotta work through their negotiations. And maybe we'll see Reynolds get his extension this week. Maybe we won't. And if we don't, then we all have the right to be upset. Yeah. Uh, we have made it clear that we're here. We're Pirates fans. And I'm not gonna say like, oh well. They're not doing what I want them to do, so I'm no longer a Pirates fan. Like, that, you have an option to not be a Pirates fan. Right. We're, we're Pirate fans. So we're going to root for the Pirates, even if we disagree with what they're doing, because we're Pirates fans. And that's just the way it is for me. I'm just not... I Maybe, it's, maybe I just don't have the energy to be a different fan. I've been a Pirates fan my whole life. My family's been Pirates fans their whole lives. I grew up right there. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. we went to games growing up. We watched the games growing up. That's my team. Win or lose, in most of our lives, it's been losing. (laughs) And that it just is what it is. Now, you get a guy like Sherrington coming in, taking over a situation that wasn't good, you can either say, same old thing. As long as nutting's there, this is going to suck. Me personally, I like to just choose to have a little bit of hope. So yeah. we've talked about this. We're trying to, we, we, we talk about positive things because we want to stay positive as, as, we, as we can. So we're giving Sherrington the benefit of the doubt and all the people that he's putting in place the benefit of the doubt to go out there. We're hearing his plan and we're saying, I'm here for it. But that doesn't mean that you're still gonna not ha- you're still gonna have things where you're gonna say, yeah, I don't like that, and that's okay. <laughs> We're all gonna have yeah. those things. That's okay. But hear us when we say like we have those things too. I had a I had a buddy of mine message me this week and say, but you never talk about the things that you're upset about. And he said, I, I've listened to all the podcasts. And I never hear you talk about the things you're upset about. And I'm like, that's probably a fair criticism. We have yeah. things that we're upset about. Some of them things are different. Like, I'm upset about different things that Jake's upset about. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot yeah. of things like that. And we just choose to to run into the ground the things that we do like. Or not even that. We just like to stay hopeful. We know. Guys, we know that we're all frustrated. If all we did was hit record and complain for an hour. Even though you probably would agree a lot more with a lot of the things that we say, all it's doing is just complaining and saying things that you're probably already thinking. Or maybe we would even complain about things that you're not thinking and disagree with. That's fine. We all agree and disagree on different things when that's all okay. Mm -hmm. But the idea is that as fans, you're hopeful and yes, you're you're gonna complain, and that's 
totally fine because that's discussion and that's fun. Right. Right. We like to have, we like to say, I wouldn't have done that. Of course not because it's hindsight's 2020. However, they've got a plan. I really, I don't, there are a lot of times we don't know where that plan's going. We're hopeful. So we're looking at guys like Nick Gonzalez and Ronzi Contreras that we just talked about. Brian Reynolds that we spent a lot of time on today. And we're yeah. going to be hopeful about those guys. But in the meantime, we're going to have discussion about other things too. But I just think that like it, it's not, it's not beneficial to me and Jake to get on here and complain for an hour. Right. So, you know, if, if your criticism of this podcast is that we're too positive, that's a fair criticism. <laughs> but hear me out. It's not like we really think that this is the greatest organization in Major League Baseball and that we have no doubts that they're going to turn this thing around. No, we have doubts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we just don't dwell on them. We just, we're Pirate fans. We're just trying to be hopeful We're trying to give you guys something to be hopeful about if you're listening. So thanks for listening. That's, I, can I, that's a thanks. I'm thankful. It's my Thanksgiving (laughs) card. All right. I always say one too many things, (laughs) but no, uh, it's all good. And guys, we're having a lot of fun. Thanks for stopping by. I know we had, uh, we had some some new traffic this week, uh, thanks to Ethan being on last week. Some of his followers that haven't been listening got a got a chance to come on and listen to us, and we appreciate that. Um, and we understand there are some guys that are now Ethan followers that, and you know we're we're uh, we're glad about that too. Guy's smart and he has got a lot of good information, so appreciate that. Also, shout out to the Pirates Fan Forum podcast and Gary for for popping our name out there too. So if you if you came here because of that, we appreciate that. There's a lot of good Pirates podcasts out there, guys. Um and if you check us out on Twitter, we're you know, we do throw some of them out there too. Pirates Fan Forum is one of them with with Gary Morgan. It's a good podcast. I listen to all of it. But there's a lot of them and there's a lot of good ones. So um check them out. Jake, you got anything here? Yeah, just got a breaking news update that Uh-oh. Kevin Gossman signed with the Blue Jays. There you go. We, I, you know, and that's five what we, years, one hundred and ten million. There you go. Good job, dude. Yeah. Other than that. Other than that, no, no I'm, pirates. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> no. This is going to continue through. The, by the time we release this, there will be something else, mm-hmm. which it'll release, you know, tomorrow morning. But by, I, I guarantee you, something else happens tonight. Or at least before you listen to it, something else has probably happened. Like this is going to, I have a feeling this is going to perk up if that's a good, if that's good. (laughs) Is perk up good? Is that something that actually explains anything? I mean, it's already perked up, so. Right. (laughs) I get that. All right, guys. Hey, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Bridge, the number two, Bucktober, Facebook and Instagram uh, at Bridge to Bucktober. And uh, I just want to remind you guys again, we did start recording this on video. So if you want to go check it out on YouTube, we are posting all the episodes on YouTube. You can subscribe on there and you'll be notified when there are new episodes released. And the cool thing is, is you can comment right on the video and tell us how dumb we are. And tell Jake 
that he's got that tomahawk in the background of his video. Remember, his wife is a Braves fan. Cut him some slack. Thanks, guys. Let's go, Bucks. Let's go, Bucks.